Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications. Today, my guest is Frank Niesenbaum, Vice President of ERP Sales. He's a trusted advisor at C2B Technologies who's guided organizations of all sizes, enabling them to establish a technology presence and expand their business through technology. His proven ability to analyze the current and future plans of a company and work with team members to subsequently bring technology solutions to the organization results in improved processes and controls that assure continued growth and profitability. Frank has worked in the ERP and CRM software selection, sales, and consulting industry for almost 25 years. Welcome to the show, Frank. Well, thank you, Bethany. Makes me sound old. <laughs> I think we're all feeling that, especially this last year. It kind of felt like 10 years went by uh-huh. in a year, but we'll, we'll get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Yep. Well, let's get to know you a little bit better for our audience. Uh, tell me more about your background and experience and what you did before moving into supporting the cannabis industry in space. Oh, that's a great question. And, and I can tell you that I, I began my career leveraging the accounting degree and, and CPA work that I did um, in the previous times to help companies um, that are looking to put systems in place that would help with efficiency, internal control, reporting, um, and most importantly, helping them grow. So taking all that experience um, made it easy for me to be able to understand the underlying business and accounting systems and choices and policies that, uh, frankly, have made my relationship with 
potential customers a crucial part of selecting and imparting and, and implementing the best solutions for their organization. Absolutely. I, I, I love the efficiency and putting systems in place, the project manager in me, as well as the Virgo in me, really okay. enjoys that. Yeah. I, uh, and you know, our cannabis industry is pretty complex. So any kind of systems we can put in place, I think, uh, gives everyone a bit of a leg up. So speaking of the cannabis industry and the movement, uh, how did you get involved here in cannabis? Um, is, is there something that pushed you into this? Yeah, you know, on a personal level, you know, again, with all that experience and having spent the, uh, the number of years that I have, working with companies that um, were distributors, manufacturers, people like that anyway, organizations like that anyway, anyway, that was a logical move for me and for us because frankly, even in the cannabis space, the cannabis companies are manufacturers. Okay, they don't make regular products, but they are manufacturing, uh, they are distributing, they even have point of sale in, in many of the cases. And so it was, again, it was very logical for us to move into that industry. What we saw was the need to, for integration with the operational systems that I'm talking about, where the backend processes and all the other things that any organization, but specifically a cannabis organization needs, they were, they were and they continue to be very limited, right? It's a, it's a young industry um, with strict compliance mandates. That's the differentiator. These clients need a more streamlined process. Uh, in order to stay compliant with while they're efficiently, again, efficiently running their business. They have to have access to current and correct information. And again, I put quotes around it, but this young cannabis industry, it's paramount. You know, in the past, we had to deal with OSHA and ISO and other uh, compliance things, but cannabis is an entirely different animal and uh, it's paramount to their success. And it's a main staple of the solutions that are being developed and, and are sold in the market today. Yeah, that's so true. And, and of course, since cannabis is still federally illegal in the eyes of the federal government, but yeah. we have this really interesting state by state system here where way more than half of the states in the US have legalized cannabis for either adults or medical use. And every state also does things a little bit differently uh, in some cases. So there's, there's a lot of tracking for sure. Um, so moving to the present here, uh, you're with C2B Technologies, you're supporting the cannabis industry. Tell me more about uh, what's happening in the industry that you're, you're answering the call to and, and what's going on as we venture into 2021 as hopefully the world starts to open back up here. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the hope for all of us. And I think as more and more people get vaccinated and things change, it's, it's, we are going to get back to the new normal, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, my role, um, as well as others in the company, is to keep up to date. You've, you've said, you said it, it's a changing industry. There's all kinds of new legislation and things happening. So my role is to keep up to date with those as well as others in our company, uh, keeping up with what's going on in the cannabis industry, especially as more and more states come on board with legalization. And of course, you said it before, the federal government, while it's, it may be illegal, they, there's legislation moving through the Congress and I believe will be coming about in the near future, at least some near future, um, and so they're you know they're they're all dealing with their own compliance. There isn't one standard across the country, so you know that's my role is to listen and learn 
but also then listen to these companies, listen to the prospective customers, match the solutions to their needs and help them get started or expand. Most importantly, over and over, we've both said it, meeting the compliance requirements of their location. That's what I'm looking to do. Compliance, compliance, compliance. compliance. <laughs> it, it, it is the battle cry of our industry, I guess. Mostly just crying, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, I, we're, we're very optimistic in a lot of ways here at NCIA. Our government relations team is in D.C., still working around the clock, although they're not you know, walking the halls of Congress, meeting with the staff like they used to, there's still a lot of virtual meetings. So uh, Congress has adapted to uh, the pandemic. So yes, uh, in late March, very recently here, the Safe Banking Act was reintroduced in this new Congress, which is very exciting. And if we remember uh, in the last Congress, the Safe Banking Act passed the House with an overwhelming majority, um, and it has a pretty good chance in the Senate as well. And I was talking with Michelle Rudder, our Deputy Director of Government Relations recently, um, and you know, the shift in Congress is really looking in our favor. So we're very excited the Safe Banking Act was reintroduced in this Congress with over a hundred co-sponsors right out of the gate. That's super exciting, right, Frank? Very, very. Yeah. I, I, again, it's, it's a, the organizations out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's important though. And there's, there's other legislation I think we're all looking forward to as well. Um, the MORE Act made some really good traction um, in the last Congress as well. So uh, we're hoping to see a reintroduction of that as well. And, and our team in DC is already kind of keeping their eyeballs on the appropriations process, which um, mm. as, as you know, our medical protections through formerly the you know, Blumenauer Amendment, the, the names have changed over the years, but that has maintained protections for medical only. We're working to expand those protections for adult use as well. So anyway, great time to be um, seeing what happens with this 117th Congress and getting more involved. If, if, if listeners have not yet gotten involved in calling your senators and calling your representatives and telling them to support this legislation, hey, now's a great time to start thinking about doing that. So yeah, they like phone calls and emails. They love it. So uh, reach out to your representatives and senators and tell them uh, if they're not already supporting the Safe Banking Act, we'd love them to, um, and other reasons for allowing the cannabis industry to be treated just like any other industry in America. Absolutely. Yep. So we are about to take our first commercial break, uh, but when we come back, I'm going to talk more with Frank about our favorite topic, a lot of compliance, right? <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> but we're going to be proactive here and uh, we're going we're gonna to share some information that sets people up for success. So let's take that commercial break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. 
Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with NCIA. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications, and today I'm talking with Frank from E2B Technology. So as promised, we're going to talk about compliance. It's on our minds constantly in this industry uh, and at this stage, uh, quite a few years now into this, uh, we've seen some common mistakes or infractions that are made on the compliance front, which can create patterns that our industry should take notice of and address. So, Frank, what are these common compliance infractions we're seeing in the cannabis industry lately? We're, we're learning a lot, Bethany, and uh, it's changing, constantly changing. So especially as new states legalize cannabis and they legalize it for, you know, medicinal, recreational, whatever it may be, and the industry continues to grow. And of course, as you just talked about heavily, um, federal legalization of some kind or, or governance is appearing closer than ever. So for that reason, uh, cannabis operators must ensure that their adherence to state regulatory compliance requirements uh, is in place, and they take steps to prepare for the federal government oversight from agencies like FDA and uh, OSHA and ATF and and who else knows what uh, what's all the acronyms? From, yeah, what's going to come from the federal government? And and it is interesting, but there are a lot of, of authorities that we're gonna to have to think about. So one of the challenges is while there are some standards, I put that in quotes, um, like metric, biotrack, others, they can even vary by state, even within metric we find. So while metric is kind of a standard in some places, it varies. They, there are different, different states put their own stamp on it and, and how they report and how they require you to report or, or what the standards are. Um, so, you know, some common compliance infractions and, and issues we see um, throughout the industry are, are like this. So, so one, um, we just talked about compliance, but compliance isn't just metric or that type of thing. It's also financial reporting requirements. Um, they need to think about things like 280E or what the AICPA requires from a, a FASB standpoint or GAP standpoint, things like that. So you can't lose sight of that either, even though it's those aren't legality things, they are compliance. Um, also not fully complying with the state government, um, and this is a big one, even before the state system comes online in some cases, this can be an inexpensive infraction in terms of fines or, or even criminal situations in some cases, because we're talking about controlled substances. So um, it, it's something you have to keep in mind. Um, you know, we've seen the, the last two areas I wanted to touch on, I, I think also revolve around inventory. So a lot of these organizations understand that they have to, they have to think about what goes on in their production and distribution, but waste is a great topic. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we looked at waste in the old days, other manufacturers, yeah, they could throw it away, they could resell it, they could do whatever they want with it, but this isn't standard. 
you have to account for waste. You have to know where it goes, what's being done with it. It has to be reported to the re regulatory system. So you know, that's a that's a big one that oftentimes people don't think about or, or they're not even planning for. Um, and lastly, I would tell them that, you know, when, when the state's reporting system is actually live or fully implemented, they're gonna have to input all their products, track them from seed to sale. We say it a lot, every movement, everywhere that it goes, and it has to be entered into that state mandatory system. And um, the, rest, the right system, again, I come back to systems, will help avoid an extremely tedious and costly manual workload. And that's a cost. That's something they gotta think about. Um, oh, those are the main things. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, tedious, absolutely exhausting, um, frustrating. I'm sure that's that's a kind of activity where your eyes would start crossing when you're just trying to make sure you're doing everything correctly. Uh, yeah, these these are all important concerns and um, our, our industry is just trying to keep on top of everything. I, I think we've said a million times cannabis is regulated more heavily than plutonium. Um, so like just even having to manage waste like that just I don't think the average person really gets how much compliance and tracking and you know just understanding the entire life cycle of the plant from the soil to the waste is pretty incredible as well um, so uh, how about all these startups in our industry that are popping up everywhere um, even in states that haven't yet legalized cannabis which is very forward thinking of them um, it, how are their issues different and how are they even addressing compliance when the regulations for their state aren't even written yet? I, I love that topic. It, it's not um, it's not something everybody thinks about, but I, am, I, I like the question because we are finding more and more companies that are entering the cannabis space that, you know, there's a lot of interest. It's an exciting industry. You know, it's a young industry uh, and there's a lot more of them coming and, and it's a mixed bag. Uh, some of them are uh, cultivators, some of them are growers, some of them are only distributors, they might be only dispensaries. There's so many different ways that you can enter the cannabis business. Um, and, and it's a mixed bag. And some of them even look at look at products, some might be in CBD or hemp or, or other byproducts. So it's not all in one. Um, they might only process it, it could be whatever they want to do in the business. And, and the problem is that in some cases, like you mentioned, the state hasn't even passed the legislation to legalize cannabis, either medicinally or, or uh, recreational. And they are, they, they know it's coming. So, you know, a lot of these folks are saying, well, I want to get into the business. I know it's coming. So the, the problems that they have, though, are, are a couple. Uh, they don't know what they don't know. I, I love that phrase. And there is no yes. one, one book. There's no one website. You know, there's 50 states in, in the United States. Um, so there's no one place where they can get all that information that, that they need to, to plan for this. And, and then secondly, I go back to systems again. It, it's hard to find the right systems to put in place. There are so many flavors, different companies, different pieces that they do. Um, and so it, it's tough on them. And, and there are companies like ours out there that can help them. Um, there are also uh, you know, others that, that they can work with that look at other things. Uh, these folks are very, very focused on spending lots of money just to get their licensure, but then they also have to build out and they have to do all of that. So that's what they're thinking about when they're, they're starting up. But I would encourage them that besides that, seek advice about the other things that, 
that they need to know, um, but also include in your budget the operational and financial systems you're going to need because you're going to need those to be up and running and in place to be compliant before the seeds even come out of the ground or, or whatever you do. So that's that's my big advice to the startups is all include that in your budget. Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, and, and it makes me think about um, how much I miss NCIA's trade shows also um, yeah. and, and our in-person events because these individuals that, that we've just been talking about just show up to one of our trade shows with thousands of people who have been in the industry for years now and have seen it all and know what works and know what doesn't work. There's no reason for these people to have to reinvent the wheel for themselves. They can absolutely tap uh, other people in the industry who have walked that path, who have gone through that door and um, made the mistakes and fallen down and gotten back up. And you're absolutely right. Something you said, um, during your response about, we don't know what we don't know. There's that phrase, the known known, the known unknown. I know what I don't know, calculus mostly. Um, And the unknown unknown, I don't know what I don't know. But um, yeah, there's, there's already a lot of structure built here. There's a lot of education. There's a lot of resources here for these individuals to dig through. Um, There's a lot of uh, thought leaders and pioneers in the industry that can consult and advise. And there's educational webinars, of course, that NCIA puts on every week in the meantime, while we're not gathering in person. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to being in Detroit in September for our Midwest Cannabis Business Conference. Uh, And then San Francisco in December. and, And then 2022, hopefully, we'll begin to look more like uh, the the traveling schedule that I'm used yeah. to and getting to visit NCI members all across the country. Yay. All right, we have to take our second commercial break, but we'll come right back to chat more with Frank. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, talking with Frank from E2B Technology. So we touched on compliance a lot. It's our industry's mantra. Um, There's a lot of documentation involved in staying compliant. 
everything from the seed to sale reporting that we talked about, like tracking the plants themselves and even the waste materials we've learned uh, to the financial reporting of sales for metric or whatever system the states have, as well as 280E tax compliance, like good grief, let's get into managing all that and how to keep it all together. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot. I, I I was listening to you list them out, and and it's right. That's the short list. It's uh-huh. uh, there. There's so much to it, and and it, as I talked about a little bit ago, um, they, they're doing this and thinking about this while they're they're trying to get a license. They're they're applying. They're they're building out uh, greenhouses or stores or whatever it may be. So all that aside, now I'm telling you, there's something else you need to focus on, and you just you just touched on it, and. So in an industry that is fraught, fraught with many obstacles, and we're talking about them, the compliance still remains one of the biggest challenges facing the, the cannabis businesses. Some business companies, some cannabis companies, they run into compliance issues from not making a priority and then in a central focus of their business. So, you know, that's on my back of my mind. I'll, uh, yeah, we'll get compliant when the state says I have to, or I get up and running. Wrong, wrong. Um, at the same time, <laughs> you know, there the others are, are struggling just to keep up with the rapid changes that can unfold in the government's regulation of cannabis products. Um, there, there's so many things that at each state level, again, I, I said it before, I'll say it again, every state's not the same. There isn't one standard. You know, I mentioned metric, there's Biotrack, there are others, um, there's going to be more. And you talked about it in great, you know, great detail. The federal government is is looming on our back. They're they're there. They're they're not going away. They're going to insert themselves. And you know, you mentioned 280E. That's a great one because that's not uh, compliance or or legal things. That's financial reporting. That's taxation. That's what the government allows and what it doesn't. So mm-hmm. um, that 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 also is there. Uh, yeah. And all of it. All of it has severe consequences for non-compliance, non-reporting. Um, one of the biggest challenges, I think, for the cannabis operators is is the intense scrutiny related to how their products are tracked and monitored through the supply chain. And you know, you think of we can call that traceability um, in non-cannabis industries. You know, think about food and drug or or um, uh, chemicals or things like that. You have to have traceability because there you need to, in case there's a recall or you need to bring it back. In our mm-hmm. case, it's not just about a recall or something. It's the law, right? It, it's government telling you, you absolutely have to know everything that happens with this. So it's even more intense than it might have been in these other industries when we talked about them. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. And, and the regulations which mandate the traceability standards are evolving just as the cannabis legislation itself evolves from state to state and then the federal government. So Mm. it presents a major problem for cannabis manufacturers, distributors, retailers, all of them who are trying to stay abreast of of the changing legislation while they're trying to stay compliant at the same time. So it's not one or the other, it's going on. Um, I would tell you just to let the listeners know you were talking about conferences and and things like that. We actually have an upcoming virtual event, uh, a summit on April 20th, of course, that day, including a a panel that we put together of, again, not sales organizations, but experts in the areas of legal accounting. I also, we included insurance. That's a whole Mm. nother area you 
could do a whole show on insurance yep. for the cannabis industry um, and more you know, a consulting company that actually deal had dealt with the ATF and federal government talking about liquor in those days. Um, so if someone wanted to attend and wants more information, they can reach out to me directly or visit c2btech.com and get more information. There's just no one place to go. You mentioned it. You guys are doing a great job providing information and, and, and content and all of that. It's out there. You just need some help. Sure. Sure. It's, it's a lot. And we do have a state policy map um, on our yeah. website as well. It's interactive. You can click on any state and get some high level information about the regulations. It is certainly not thorough or exhaustive by any means, uh, but our, our public policy team uh, does does keep track of changes to regulations and, and projected sales and things like that for each state. So um, it's worth checking that out and getting getting a high level view of what's going on in each state on the regulatory side of things. And hey, I'm happy to hear about your virtual summit. Um, we've been doing a lot of virtual stuff here at NCIA. Yeah. We've got <laughs> weekly webinars, um, our content. Um, we, we've been doing NCIA today, video updates. We started monthly. Now we're doing weekly now. So you can see that live on Facebook every Friday um, or check it on the website if you, if you miss it. Um, most of all, I think I mentioned this earlier, I'm so excited uh, that we've nailed down some dates for in-person conference. Everybody should be vaccinated. We should all be ready Yay. to go. Midwest <laughs> Cannabis Business Conference will be in Detroit, September 22nd, 23rd. And uh, the Cannabis Business Summit and Expo will be in December in San Francisco. And I just can't wait. And I hope I get my podcast studio back on the expo floor. That was so much fun. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you in person, Frank. And I really you appreciate bet. you joining me on the show today to share some of this insight as we're starting to get more forward thinking, which is, you know, we, we all need a little bit of hope right now. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Beth. Where can people find out more about your company? Uh, yeah, C2BTech.com. A uh, lot of great information as well as my contact information, et cetera, is all there. Be great. One. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Frank. And thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.